Hello and welcome to another episode of Professors at Work from the American University of Beirut. I'm Rami Khoury, your host. Every week we talk to a professor or scholar and learn about the research they're doing, what they're discovering, and what it means for the rest of us. I'm really happy to have this week Dr. Faisal Al-Qaq, who's a senior lecturer and clinical associate at the AUB Medical Center. Uh, he's also the uh, d- uh, director of the Woman Integrated Sexual Health Program. Uh, at AUB, and he's been dealing with uh, medical and public health dimensions of women's reproductive and sexual health issues, as well as uh, men, and he has a tremendous amount of experience, and I'm really happy to have him. Dr. Kak, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Khoury, uh, for uh, uh, hosting me on uh, this uh, podcast. Okay, and the, if the field of uh, women's... Uh, reproductive and sexual health is a is a big one and it's constantly evolving and there's a lot more attention being paid to it these days. Where are you focusing your research uh, now? What are the main issues that you're looking at? And, uh, and then we'll talk about what you're learning and what it means. Uh, thank you. Basically, from my clinical experience and from academic uh, experience and from uh, research and the global contact, we really are reflecting uh, our research and advocacy and reproductive sexual health on issues pertinent to Lebanon and the region, and at the same time, uh, talks to the uh, global uh, interest. Uh, as you all know, and as you know, uh, Rami, many of the issues related to women's health are of great concern because they are related to the issues of health, well-being, issues of rights, and also issues of uh, violence and issues of justice. And that's why it's gaining a lot of uh, interest uh, in the uh, human development uh, indices and also in the overall uh, sustained development goals 2030 uh, that uh, we all are aware of. Uh, so our research focuses on, uh, on maternal health uh, and on maternal mortality. We also focus on young people's sexuality, uh, sexual behavior. We also focus on uh, uh, women's perception of needs across lifespan and the way the healthcare providers are interacting uh, with, uh, with, uh, with women's health needs uh, uh, in, that, uh, in that moment. We have contributed a lot as AUB, uh, whether at the Faculty of Health Sciences or at the, at the, at the medical centers, to the understanding of sexual health and sexuality of young people. We have contributed a lot to the understanding of maternal health care and maternal mortality. We also have contributed to the understanding of the general well-being and health maintenance uh, of women. By by, uh, compiling uh, this research, uh, we generated a lot of uh, understanding and knowledge to the women's health needs in Lebanon and the region, and what are the things, the important things that need to be addressed uh, that really will bring forward uh, uh, our uh, our uh, our countries uh, with their better indicators uh, to the uh, to meet the SDG uh, 2030 uh, goals and uh, and uh, targets. Okay, let me interrupt uh, you there, Doctor Cock. Uh, let me interrupt you there for a second. You've you've outlined a series of fields uh, related to uh, women's reproductive and sexual health and related issues, enough to fill an encyclopedia. If I were to ask you which one or two of these topics have you determined, you and your colleagues, to be 
really the most urgent ones to focus on, both in terms of research, uh, service delivery, but also in terms of uh, interventions in society, maybe to change laws, to deal with economic issues, for instance, subsidizing yeah. sanitary uh, issues, sanitary yeah. tools or products and things like that. Where is the priority for you? The, the, the most important one was the maternal health and mortality and morbidity. It was required by the UN from the uh, MDGs, the Millennium Development Goals, and later on after 2016 with the SDGs 2030, that countries are required to drop their maternal mortality. Mm-hmm. and to drop the cases dying from uh, pregnancy and childbirth. And worked hard over the past 11 years or more in Lebanon with the Ministry of, uh, uh, of Public Health and through myself and other colleagues from AUB and other universities to really work hard on initiating processes and working on policies to drop down the maternal mortality, and we did. And that's why Lebanon was among one of the 18 countries globally that met the requirement by the MDG and the SDG 2030, and we have accomplished really a major reduction of maternal mortality, and we have created mechanisms that are novel to Lebanon among all the uh, uh, region of the uh, of the EMRO of WHO. We have novel reporting mechanism, uh, a novel uh, vital uh, data uh, statistics that really help in understanding uh, the uh, maternal mortality and morality and drop more uh, the issue of maternal mortality, keeping Lebanon within the countries that really did achieve and meet these goals. Right. So let me just just ask you before you go further on that point, what, what was the key problem with maternal mortality and what did you, what did you do to, to, with your colleagues to be able to bring it down? Yeah. The key problem was the problem of data. You know, there was no uh, serious data available and there was no uh, understanding of the mechanisms and of the processes and of the steps that led to the maternal mortality. What we did is we were able to really uh, ensure uh, serious data and look at these data uh, in depth and make a good analysis of this data, of course, along with uh, with other colleagues. And the other one is to establish a maternal a committee on safe motherhood that will go to every single hospital where a maternal mortality is reported and study the causes of death, whether it is a delay to come to the hospital or delay in identifying the problem or a delay in, uh, uh, in intervening uh, to solve the problem. And once we understand this, we share it with the, with the, with the members of the committee so we have some lessons learned for the next cases to avoid the potential cause of death uh, in such matters and to strengthen referral centers to receive the difficult cases, thereby reducing the risk of severe uh, morbidity and mortality. And did you find that the, uh, the main causes of maternal mortality were related to, say, insufficient knowledge and poor practices by the by well, the mother was it was it maybe an economic issue the cost of uh, medicines or facilities were not available where um, where was the problem no, it was mainly uh, it was a mix between the cause of death in western countries and cause of death in developing countries mm-hmm. and mainly it was related to delay 
uh, enriching care and delay in response to care. Like people might come late to seek care. That's one reason. That will make the problem worse. And sometimes the intervention is delayed by the health system to try to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these two we have worked upon through training and through assigning referral, better and more efficient referral pathways, and also uh, strengthening the emergency response uh, in these situations. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we have published a couple of papers on this in international journals. Mm-hmm. And we're going through a difficult period in Lebanon and other parts of the region um, in economic terms. Um, and uh, but not just because of COVID, because of collapse of economies and wars, things like that. Uh, has this exacerbated uh, the issue uh, of women's maternal health and yes. well-being? Yes, yes, it did. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Rami, COVID-19 have increased the number of uh, maternal uh, death uh, cases uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, from four last year due to COVID to around... 17, 16, 17, uh, this year we are still investigating uh, uh, the, the cases. Uh, unfortunately, yes, it does uh, affect. And you, and you classify maternal, uh, morta- maternal mortality as a, as a woman who dies either during pregnancy or during birth or right after birth? How do you classify it? Up to, the, up to 40 days, yes. Okay. And uh, there has been a sl- an increase that is, you think, is due mostly to the impact of COVID and economic stress. Exactly. Okay. Um, and uh, the the issue of uh, you mentioned the uh, issue of uh, sexual behavior. Um, yeah. uh, that's both adults and uh, y- young girls. Yeah. And See when- the understanding. The understanding now that part of. Of, of empowering young uh, people and part of empowering societies is to really uh, uh, integrate uh, sexuality and sexual rights into the existing uh, uh, laws and the policies and the programs of a country and the community. Uh, and part of also understanding the, uh, the, the, the sexual rights of the young people and people in general. Mm-hmm. And we did receive a major uh, uh, fund from Ford Foundation to look at uh, sexuality of uh, and reproductive health of uh, youth. Uh, and over six years, we did a lot of uh, 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 research, understanding sexual behaviors, determinants of sexual behaviors within the context of the existing laws and rules and regulation. Uh, we also uh, 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 published more than six, seven uh, uh, innovative uh, uh, original uh, papers. Uh, we understood exactly what are the limitations, what are the preferences, and how people navigate their sexuality and sexual expressions within the existing uh, 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 restrictive uh, traditional uh, laws and how people can behave in a, in a post-liberal way within uh, conservative uh, mm-hmm. uh, societies. And at the same time, we help develop uh, the uh, curriculum on sexual reproductive health, uh, part of the national uh, effort uh, in schools. And we have trained more than 2,000 school uh, uh, teachers 
on how to approach and talk about uh, productive sexual health uh, uh, matters uh, in this uh, in this uh, in this aspect so and this goes mm -hmm. Go this ahead. goes hand in hand with our established establishment uh, i founded and established the wish program at the abmc that looks at sexuality as sexual health of people uh, basically young women uh, uh, and women other women and also lgbtq community uh, within the lifespan and that's important because one of the challenges also rami is to bring the discussion of sexuality and sexual health on the table and to normalize the talk about these uh, issues this is what's happening globally and this is one of the essential entries to liberate societies to, to, to liberate communities and to restore rights of the of the people right so there's a couple of questions there i'd like to ask um you, you mentioned that you're studying these issues in generally conservative societies that are socially uh, conservative um, uh, but at the same time these are societies, whether it's Lebanon or Saudi Arabia or Kuwait uh, around the region, uh, that um, are uh, increasingly open to global uh, communications media, if you just take social media. But even if you look around, if you take a country like Saudi Arabia or Lebanon, you have these incredible uh, you know, public concerts now with imported and local bands, and, and much of the stuff that is presented in live concerts has uh, always has uh, strong sexual innuendos and uh, uh, yeah. symbolism and things like that. So th there seems to be a tension there. What are we? What are you seeing? Uh, given this reality, what are you seeing in the behavior of, if you can generalize, in the behavior, say, of young boys and and young girls, say, teenagers or well, adolescents or whatever? I, uh, well, if you look around and if you look back. Definitely, you can say, generally speaking, there is more tolerance to uh, uh, sexual behavior and sexuality expression and manifestations of, of sexuality expression. There is more tolerance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people use proxies. They use venues, whether it is music, health, uh, uh, texting, sexting, uh, social messages. So mm -hmm. these are all venues that will help people understand more their sexuality and sexuality. Sometimes it might be very difficult to go like head on the subject or the topic itself. But all these manifestations, they will definitely gather and come together to influence our understanding of sexuality and to push forward uh, this notion of sexuality and sexual health, probably at a different pace in different countries. But yeah. it's happening and there is more tolerance to the talk. When I go as an, an invited to, to, to give talks, to advocate uh, for sexuality, sexual health, sexual interviews in a clinical setting and teaching uh, different kinds of healthcare providers. Mm -hmm. You have no idea about the amount of people coming to attend uh, these webinars or seminars or uh, live uh, courses and workshops. I'm talking about Riyadh, I'm talking about Dubai, I'm talking about Abu Dhabi, I'm talking about uh, different countries. People right. come and they start asking me questions, how to get more, how we can register in the course you're doing, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So there is more, more tolerance. Definitely you're left, you will continue to be left with this kind of see, embarrassing uh, 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 layer or this layer of sometimes shaming and naming. But I think we are on the track 
to be more tolerant and on the track to know more, learn more, research more, and accept more the notion of sexuality and sexual health and rights. Right. And you mentioned uh, at the beginning the issue of, uh, of uh, women's rights, sexual rights. Uh, one of the issues in society today, which wasn't there 20, 30 years ago very much uh, in the Middle East or even in the West to a large extent, is the issue of sexual harassment. And you're, we're getting cases yeah. now where even in the Middle East, we had a case in Lebanon recently where a young girl in Tripoli talked about... Uh, yes, somebody, they, yeah. So this, this, is a, this is a whole new uh, world. Um, I'm exactly. assuming that this uh, woman and young girl speaking out more openly about harassment that they're experiencing in their daily lives. That's the third point I want to share with you. There is no, there is no going back to this. The issue of coercion, the issue of violence, the issue of harassment, whether based on gender or sexual violence or sexual harassment, there is no going back on this. If there is one gain that we are really accumulating uh, from all this struggle over the past 20, 30 years on sexual reproductive health is the gain of speaking out and believing the survivors. And that's very important. It's very important with the existence, as you know very well, the Title IX, FAUB, and in many other places. People now are very careful. People are very respectful. And uh, I think this is very important because... You have no idea, and I'm sure you have, of the epidemic of violence and the, yes. the, 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 the really uh, serious numbers uh, on women subjected to sexual violence or to other types of, uh, of uh, violence. This thing, we have done a lot of work. In fact, as we speak, we're working on a, on a, on a big study funded by the IDRC Canada on uh, looking at the uh, violence uh, and the way uh, the refugees deal with violence and cope with uh, sexual violence and intimate partner violence. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we are joining hands with many local NGOs and regional NGOs on really bringing the discussion to the, on the table and talking openly about issues uh, of harassment and issues of violence because it's not related only to the specific event or instance of, of violence. It is related to deconstructing yes. this patriarchal hegemony and this patriarchal uh, 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 impinging on uh, women thinking that women and young girls are the weakest part and we can do whatever we want without, uh, uh, with impunity. And that, right. that, those times are gone. Right. And uh, is, the, uh, is there a primary point, uh, area where this is a problem? Is it the home? Is it the workplace? Is it the school? Is it out in public on the yeah. buses? The most, the most common, uh, Rami, uh, uh, from global data and research, is what we call the uh, IPV, the intimate partner violence. Mm -hmm. The partner, the family member, uh, first degree, second degree, but it is the intimate one is the most common. Yes. And then there are some of the hidden ones in the world of, organization, be it in uh, the movie industry, being in schools, universities, uh, on the streets, uh, verbal harassment and stuff. Basically, the, the, the most burdening problem is the intimate partner violence. Which is at home, basically. At home, exactly, at home. And Lebanon has been one of the uh, really dramatic places where women uh, lost their lives at the hands of their, 
of their partners. Uh, and how do you how do you address this? Uh, is it a question of uh, uh, media? Is it uh, public policy? New laws? Is it? Uh, there is. Uh, there, there are there were collective efforts by many NGOs, and there was part of that that led to the uh, to the law uh, in 2013. The law was. Uh, protecting women from domestic violence and family violence. Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to have a more advanced version, but uh, we couldn't. So that was the good version. So it's now in the law. Uh, there is a lot of advocacy and reaching out. Uh, there are a lot of centers and NGOs that have shelters uh, that provide uh, uh, physical protection. They provide medical care. I have been uh, dealing with a few cases that sent to me by one of the NGOs. And there is also the uh, legal uh, counseling uh, provided for free to the survivor of violence in case you want to file uh, a case and uh, take it to the court, to a court of law. And your job in, uh, at AUB, you and your colleagues and at other universities, um, there's so many dimensions of these issues that you have to address at one time, um, and you can't do them all. Where, where for you is the most important focal point where you spend your time and energy? Uh, is it on doing basic research on these issues or is it on trying to provide services directly to people, individuals or families, or is it on working on the public policy? Uh, if, you could only do, if you had to focus on one area of work, which is the one that you find is most important for you? I do all of these, but uh, I do all of these because this is a country of limited resources, so we have to do uh, all of these things together. But if I have to choose one thing to do, I will definitely do the advocacy part. Okay. I will that... do, go, uh, do advocacy based on research and based on, on findings. And it's your advocacy, you're talking about multiple ways. You do it on social media, you do it on television, you do it on... I already am doing this, but I'm doing more like like to do advocacy. You speak out, you go and you encourage people and you you... you you provide them with tools, with resources, you empower them. This is something very important. Mm -hmm. But we don't have the resources, and nobody uh, pays you to do advocacy, so you have to do it in your own. Right. That's why we end up doing all these things. And in fact, as you speak, I'm, we're, we're holding a one week of training mm -hmm. on clinical management uh, of uh, rape uh, survivors and uh, survivors of violence to many, many types of healthcare providers to help them uh, uh, deal with the survivors of violence within the clinic or the center setting. Okay. Uh, uh, Dr. Faisal, we're almost out of time. Um, where is the focus of the, your work in the coming year or two? Is there one area where you're going to devote extra time to in the short run, maybe linked to the COVID, linked to the uh, conflicts and war situations in the region? Where is your honestly, priority next? Yeah, honestly, now I have two things in mind that I think I'll be doing is how COVID uh, affected the gains we had in sexual reproductive health mm -hmm. and why sexual reproductive health is the weakest uh, to fall under pandemics in general. Why is mm -hmm. that? And the other one, probably I will continue to work on uh, on the issue of violence and uh, and sexual health, of course. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and are you finding more and more partners in society and civil society and government, private yeah. sector? Things are better. Things are better. Yeah. Like now we are way better than 15 years back. Right. Well, if that's the case, it's partly due to the work you and many of your colleagues have done. So uh, we've run out of time. Uh, thank you very much to thank you. Thank Dr. you very much. Dr. Faisal Kak, who is a senior lecturer and clinical associate at the AUB Medical Center. And also, he is the uh, director of the uh, Women's uh, Integrated Sexual Health Program at AUB. Uh, I'm your host, Rami Khoury. Thank you for being with us this week, professors at work. Join us again next week. Bye for now.